Hey, welcome to the Learning to Lead podcast. I'm Paul Doherty, your host, and I'm honored that you're listening today, whether you're listening on the podcast through iTunes or whether you're watching this podcast on YouTube. Welcome to the Learning to Lead podcast. So on this podcast, we talk about all kinds of ways that we're learning to lead. Um, Sometimes we're learning to lead behind the scenes when we're not the one in charge. And other times we're learning to lead when the spotlight's on us and everybody sees our flaws and everybody's watching the maturity process. And it's sometimes frustrating because you just wish that you could kind of grow up before everyone's watching you. In my case, I was thrown into a role of leadership at a very young age. Um, 29 years old, I became the leader of our ministry, uh, the pastor of our church, the overseer of our Christian school, our Bible college, our Camp Dream Center, uh, with 500 plus staff members at that time that I was in charge of. Since then, we have uh, changed the amount of staff we've had, but still been able to have the same impact as far as people that we're reaching on a weekly basis. We're now right at 420 staff members, and I want to talk to you about that process of staff transitioning staff, um, getting to a place of, you know, a lean staff where we can still accomplish the dream that God's put for us. It's not easy letting people go. I mean, let's just be honest. You feel like the biggest jerk um, when you're the supervisor and you have to sit down with somebody and say, hey, this isn't working, um, or we're going a new direction. It's not you, it's me, right? It feels like a breakup. It's, It's so... It's so on the inside for me, if you've ever been in that role before, it's so conflicting because you want so bad to be everybody's friend, to be liked by everybody, to give everybody a job, to give everybody their dream salary. And then when you have to be the one that breaks the news that it's not going to be like that, um, yeah, it, it, it hurts you on the inside because you're watching the other person feel discouraged and defeated um, and angry and questioning why, why now, why this. So for me, I had to go through a process. Before I was the senior pastor, I was I was our college pastor, and then there was a season I was the associate pastor for my mom. After my father had passed away, we went through a series of um, some cutbacks in the ministry where we had to let some people go. We had to change some of the budgets. We had to decrease some of uh, the spending because we had to make sure we were monitoring where we were at as a ministry um, with income, revenue, expenses, uh, offerings, all that kind of stuff to be able to move forward as a ministry. Every ministry has to go through this process at some point. I don't care how successful you are or how unsuccessful you are, whether your church is 100 people or your church is 100,000 people, there's always going to be moments where you have to sit down and go, we're going to have to change the budget. We're going to have to change what we're doing um, in order to service where we're at. So in that role, I was in a support role, associate pastor. My mom said, Paul, I need your help with transitioning some people and transitioning some positions. And at that time, I was 26 years old, and I was sitting down with people twice my age, some people that were three times my age, and having a conversation of letting them go. And guys, it was so tough, and I had to put on my big boy pants. (laughs) And, uh, and I cried. I came home to my wife. I was like, babe, I just feel like, you know, these people are going to hate me the rest of my life. But I had to remind myself some things. And I want to talk to those of you that find yourself in this spot where you're having to make transitions. At the end of the day, one of the things that I would remind myself is I am not their provider. I am not Jehovah Jireh. And if you're a Christian, 
if you're looking at your ministry or your company as Jehovah Jireh, you've got a warped view of God. God is not a company. God is not a church. God is not a ministry uh, that, that, that pays you a position or gives you a position. At the end of the day, like, that's, we can't be that. I can't be everybody's savior. So I had to remind myself to take myself out of that role. Um, the second thing I had to remind myself is that God is never surprised by any transition in this world, whether it's a transition of a key leader. Um, and you might think, I don't know, sometimes God's probably been surprised or shocked by, you know, a person who had a failure or a ministry that had to close the doors or a company that had to let go of a thousand people. God's never surprised by any transitions, which means that God has good plans even for people who get let go, um, even for people on the other side of the transition that are trying to figure out what to do next, how we're going to make this work with a smaller staff, but still the same workload. And God has a plan through that transition. So I had to remind myself, I'm not God, and God's still in control. And I want to remind you with that, if you're letting someone go, um, or if you're making transitions in your staff, Take yourself out of the place of feeling the, the guilt and the weight that now you're no longer providing for them um, because you can't be their God. And then secondly, remind yourself God has a plan for them. God has a plan for me and for them, for us and for them. And so we had to ask ourselves questions when we were making transitions. One, we had to say, who can we not let go? Who on this team helps make this thing happen? And then we had to look at the team and go, who is not putting in 100%? Who's not really uh, bought in 100% with this ministry, with the staff, with this vision? Who's just kind of working for a paycheck? And that kind of helped us to look at where we needed to start making transitions because we had to. We had no choice. Um, and then I back up even just since I stepped in as pastor. Thankfully, we haven't had any major cuts that we've had to make, but we've gradually just continued to make trims so that way we're being good stewards of God's finances. We're able to give more to missions. We're able to save more in the storehouse. We're able to help more people locally um, with our outreaches and benevolence ministry. But we've had to look at areas and go, hey, are we are we still called to do that? Are we just doing something to do it? Is there things where we can save money? And then we would sit down with people and we would ask them questions. Do you still feel called here? Do you still believe in this ministry? Do you still like the idea of being a uh, follower of Christ and what that looks like? Or are you, are you kind of in a season where you're questioning everything? And in that case, maybe it's not the healthiest thing for you to be working at a church. And so we would sit down with people, get them to kind of come to that place themselves to say, you know, I don't know if I'm really called here anymore. I don't know if I'm supposed to be doing this. I don't know if I'm in a healthy place to even be, you know, uh, leading people. I need to take a change in my life. And through that process, we would help people find their, their place. Last thing I want to say is this. Um, letting someone go is never easy. You already know that. But also, sometimes the best decisions we can make is not just letting someone go, but maybe finding someone a different seat on the bus and asking them, hey, what if you were to still work here at this ministry, but work in another area and begin to discover that someone is called, they're gifted, they're skilled, but they're in the wrong seat. Jim Collins says, the main thing you want to do is find out who's supposed to be on the bus. Uh, before you get somewhere, you want to know who's on your bus and you want to make sure they're in the right seats. 
So there's been some shuffling in our ministry where we've said, you know, this guy is called to be with us. This girl is called to be with us, but they're not in the right seat. So we're going to help them get in the right seat. We're going to go through a series of conversations, evaluations, and then we've discovered this person all along was called to be in this role. And when they get in that role, they nail it. And I've seen it happen. I don't want to go into details, but it's exciting. Right now, we're in the middle of some of those seat changes and it's incredible just watching people step into the seat they were called to sit in. So don't be afraid to make the changes in your ministry you need to make in the company. At the end of the day, remind yourself that you are a steward of God's finances, God's talents, God's people. And so you've got to take that authority, that courage, sit down, put on your you know big boy pants like my dad used to say. And then last but not least, um, remind yourself you're not God. You're not everyone's provider. And have the gentle conversations to say, hey, we need to go some new directions. We need to make some changes. I'm praying for you. If there's anything we can do for you, if you got questions, please send them my way. If you're in this process right now and you would like some prayer or help, reach out to us. You can find me on social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or on the YouTube channel. Just leave a comment or direct message. Love you so much. Keep on leading. Keep on learning. Your best days are right in front of you.